Francois, you are tuned into episode 111, and today we're going to talk about our winners and losers from the past week of NFL action, and then we're going to dive into some of our games of the week that we think you should keep your eyes on, and that will be key exciting matchups um, that we think will be uh, potential barn burners, some some exciting, some, I don't know, I was looking through this, I'm not sure who picked this uh, one of these, but <laughs> we'll, we'll talk time. about that. It's all Durgan. Blame, Durgan. Blame is on these. Durgan's doorstep. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about, but, uh, but before we games. dive into that, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. But before we get into that, let's talk about our winners and losers for the week. Um, well, I guess I should introduce you guys. I normally do. I don't know why I glazed over that this time. Um, so it's late, you know, brain has stopped, stopped working. But Casey Sully, Matthew Durgan, my co-hosts, as per usual, how are you both doing? Doing great. Won a, a big rivalry game for for Tam High, so that was super exciting. Then the Packers won on Sunday. Fantasy, we won't talk about, but uh, the, hey, the two, two real games, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll take. Well, uh, my, that's the most important stuff. My week sucked, and we're going to talk about why in a few minutes. I'll leave it at that. Cool. Way to bury right. the lead. <laughs> Let's talk about why then. I don't, well, I guess we'll let's not talk about why first. Let's, let's start with winners. <laughs> Um, this is a part of why my week sucked, but we can talk about your winner, Durgan. Let's let's dive into it. That's the right. first winner of the week. Who you got? How about them Cowboys? Three and one, <laughs> and the NFC East, which sucks. Besides the Cowboys, uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. Right. With them oh, though, <laughs> the Cowboys, I think they're actually a good team. They did just release just two days ago now. Uh, Jalen Smith was kind of surprising, but. Micah Parsons has been playing incredibly well, and they have some young linebackers there, so they don't really need him anymore. But their defense is looking okay, which is all they need to do is look okay. They don't need to play great because this offense is going to put points. Dak, uh, I mean, they didn't put up huge numbers because Zeke was feasting out there, him and Pollard, great one-two punch. But they're dynamic on offense. Uh, I thought Kellen Moore, their offense coordinator, was crazy for not taking a Boise State job last year because that would have been his job for life and he would never get fired from there. But now he's a main candidate for NFL opening, I think, because he's a young offensive mind uh, who has drawn the plays both in the run and pass game, kind of showing that versatility and balance. And it's crazy to sound, I mean, they beat the Panthers who are a, or who were a 3-1 and team. So anytime you can beat our three, and then you can be a three and team who's not three and one, that is a huge accomplishment. And uh, you know, Sam Darnold went off. They forced two turnovers. Trayvon Diggs might be the best corner in football right now, besides Jalen Ramsey, but he's playing. Uh, so these Cowboys are for real, and I think it's safe to call them a Super Bowl contender. Not saying they will win, or I'm not saying they will win. I'm not saying they, I'm not saying they'll, I'm not saying they'll make it Whoa that far. There. But this team is gonna make the playoffs, and I think they uh, can make some noise. You just don't believe in the Heineken uh, magic over here in Washington uh, that's going to derail the, the Cowboys' apparently Super Bowl hopeful season. I, I don't believe in the Cowboys. It has nothing to do with Heineke. Dude, okay, this team, who do they beat? They beat the Jaguars. Panthers. No, they lost to the Jets. No, that was in the preseason. They, they, yeah. beat the, they beat the Chargers. The Chargers. And then that's the only team, in my opinion, that kind of – I mean, I guess the Panthers are legit, right? They're okay. But there were they three beat the Eagles, yeah. not a huge, I mean, as much as it pains me to say, <laughs> not really like a huge win. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm not sold on this team yet. We'll who, see. I think who they lose to? The schedule gods have favored them a bit. They lost to the Bucks By one score. Best team in football. I don't care. A loss is a loss. Oh, I don't think the Bucks are the best team in football I anymore, mean, but... 
but yeah. Super Bowl champions. Sure. We'll we'll see. I think the the tests have yet to come for this Cowboys team. I think they're they've yet to kind of face teams that truly will test test them. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. I also don't like the Jalen Smith cut. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons has kind of been slotting in all over the place. He's been playing linebacker. He's also been playing a little bit of like edge. He's which he's actually played pretty solid at. Um, so I don't know. It just seemed like that was sort of a strength of the team. I'm not sure why they why they released him. I think he'll be. Uh, maybe he was a little overrated for the name and like the hype behind him, but he was he was decent. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? They said uh, they said a lot I of money. I think he was terrible this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but athletically uh, and the know. talent. Every, every time I've seen him, he's been out of position, biting on shit he shouldn't be. He's not in, in passing lanes. He's not making tackles. He gives effort, but like every time I've seen him, I'm be, I'm like go after that dude yeah and apparently the packers are interested in signing him and i hope to god they don't because he's, he's worse than our, our dudes i don't know about that like straight up i don't think he's a, he's he's bad he's, i'm telling you he's bad he's not a bad player but he's a bad contract and when you have a rookie in parsons yeah i saw van der Esch there uh, they've had keanu neo playing linebacker and they had a fourth round pick Gabriel cox who looked pretty good in preseason he's playing so why have him on a team when he can also save money by releasing him now versus you know doing it later, so they, they it makes sense. Even though he's not an emotional leader on that team, uh, Michael Parsons has been that good, so it makes sense. I don't know. Casey I wouldn't touch him. To think so. I don't like him. <laughs> don't like him. Yeah. Get um, him out. I think I think you know the athletic kind of sideline to sideline ability is there maybe the other parts of the game or not like the the mental aspects and, and positioning but i think, like I think that's but, part of the um, reason like that's going with his his knee and and yeah, a couple of years after knee. that you know what i mean he's been relatively healthy but i just don't like i don't think the burst is there i don't think he reads stuff very well i think he i, I don't know it, well, yeah maybe the eagles could use him I, we well, probably I'll, could. I'll, I'll call up goody i'll call up goodkinst and say like hey hey man let howie sign him <laughs> You know, you you do that. It can't be worse, right? <laughs> so I'll take it. Uh, and maybe he wants to, you know, a little revenge action, right? Hop on the NFC East rival. Yeah. Hey. So, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, let's talk about your winner, though, Casey. Who you got for the week? Yeah, I got the Chargers, and uh, they're they're now in control of that division. They're sitting at the top. They're three and one. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Raiders. They're balanced. Joe Lombardi is doing a great job on the offensive side of the ball, uh, working tempo really well, um, uh, attacking the the flats and and using tight uh, condensed formations. Um, and when the defense is also playing well, and Derwin James is healthy, and and Joey Bosa is getting after the quarterback. Uh, they're they're tough to stop. They're they're pretty well balanced, and and Eckler can run the ball pretty well, and and is a threat in the passing game. And uh, they might not just be competing for a wild card spot here, and and actually be pushing the Chiefs for the division because the Chiefs are in, are in last place right now. Yeah. Like to, I know it's only a game, and and mm-hmm. it is what it is, but. Uh, the, the Chargers are tough, man. They already beat them when when the Chiefs were at home. So uh, things are looking up for LA, and maybe they'll finally be able to fill up their stands with fans at, at the end of the season here. Yeah, I mean, Herbert's MVP, right? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Um, they look good, though. Beat the Raiders, which I was happy about. Um, he said that Lombardi, he's doing a good job there. Uh, Brandon Staley actually knows how to coach football, which is a huge upgrade for them. Uh, better than past years. Uh, 
So now they have coaching. They're healthy for the moment. If they can stay healthy throughout the year. They can make a run. Um, but they have a lot of injury-prone guys. Derwin James and Bose has had his injuries. So that's going to be the biggest concern in my eyes is staying healthy through a 17-game schedule into the playoffs. If they can do that, like you said, the Chiefs are not looking good right now, especially on defense. So there's, there's opportunity for the Chargers and for the Raiders, in my opinion, to uh, make a move up there. Uh, the Broncos, I think, will fade fast. But it's not a cut-and-dry Chiefs are going to win the division anymore. I, I think I agree, but I would also say there's nothing more Chiefs-like than them kind of coming turning it around and, and dominating the rest of the season that, that I wouldn't be surprised if that happens but True. at the same time Chargers looking great it's a really a case study and showing you how important it is to go and get your guy a, 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 and quarterback in the draft and and how how much hitting on that really changes your team and uh, the outlook of your team going forward so it all comes back to Herbert and in my opinion um, he is he has a very bright future in Los Angeles so It'll be interesting to see how this team turns it around. Two really great teams in LA right now. Um, so, with that, I'll talk about my my excuse me my winner here. Uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals now officially the only four and team in the league. And uh, when you're in the NFC West, every win is extremely precious. So, um, I think this team is surprising a lot of people. I mean, they came out and they beat the Rams, huge win for what many considered the favorite to to kind of run away with the NFC West. And Kyler Murray is just playing out of his mind. I mean, he's the MVP favorite in uh, in Vegas, and he's just, he hasn't missed a beat. Like, every single game, he is playing phenomenally. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, if you can beat the Rams, you can honestly beat anybody in the league. So it'll be interesting to see how far this team can go. Uh, the Cardinals are a tough matchup, like you said, Kyler Murray, because he's playing at such a high level right now. And he's passing the ball much better, including the running. And they got you know, J.J. Watt. They got Chandler Jones, Buda Baker still out there. So this team is very complete. Uh, I've said this once, I'll say it again. Eventually, Cliff Kingsbury is going to cost them some type of game, and hopefully it's this week. But uh, 1972 Dolphins, I think, <laughs> can start popping their bottles uh, a little bit early because I don't see this team going 17-0. But, like you said, at this moment, they're the best team in the league, 4-0. So have to yep. uh, you know, take that, congratulate that. And also, they have a nice, tough schedule you know, coming up, which I like to see as well. But they bought themselves some insurance. They can afford to lose a game or two now and not be you know, this you know, end-of-days scenario like it is for the Niners, and I'll talk about them soon. But they're in good shape overall. Uh, Kyler Murray, MVP candidate, favorite, like you said. I think it's between him and Mahomes at this point because he's put up his crazy numbers. But it's good to see somebody else uh, besides the usual suspects look so good so early on. Yeah, Kyler's playing out of his mind, and and I think what's helping Kingsbury. I'm I'm not I'm still not totally sold that he's his offense is going to be sustainable throughout the year, especially with the level that Murray is playing at. Like, is there enough schemed stuff to uh, make that offense go if Murray has an off game? I'm not sold on that, but. Uh, as far as personnel goes, Kingsbury is an air raid guy. He loves the four receiver sets. And now the Cardinals actually have four receivers that are serviceable or uh, above average guys that can go win and, and do stuff outside. And that makes the offense look a lot better. Uh, when you're trying to force, you know, square pegs into round holes and you don't really have the dudes to go five receivers or four receivers, uh, you're going to struggle. And that's sort of what we saw in the first two years with, with Kingsbury. And now he's sort of turning a corner because he has the dudes with DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green and Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. And, and those guys can actually win and, and spread teams out and, and cause some issues. And then Kyler can also take off and, and exploit some of that space as well. So 
Uh, as long as Kyler keeps playing at the level he is, uh, the, the Cardinals are going to be sitting pretty, and uh, defense is also coming around too with uh, Vance Joseph scheming stuff up for them. Yep, absolutely. And you know, one thing though, Durgan, I do disagree with you. I don't know that they can just because of the division there, and I'm not sure they can really afford any extra losses like you were mentioning just because man like in a a blink of an eye the rams could just completely they're all they are right on their heels but they can completely run away with it you know the niners could turn things around the seahawks you never want to count them out with russell wilson so just the fact that they're in the nfc west i still feel like they need to win every single game especially the divisional game so we'll talk about that obviously you have some thoughts on the niners uh, game coming up here but let's talk about the losers and I figure that's a good segue for your <laughs> loser of the week, Durgan, and we'll toss it to you for yes. what will be uh, the most interesting segment for me and Casey and the most <laughs> depressing segment for you. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, for I'm not going to waste everybody's time by going on all my thoughts about this this terrible, terrible franchise, the 49ers. They are okay. an embarrassment <laughs> to the Bay Area, which is the city of winners, the area of winners. You have the Giants, the best team in baseball. The Warriors, who dominated basketball for so long, they kicked out the Raiders. We're gonna kick out the A's too because they're losers, and the Niners are the biggest losers of them all because Russell Wilson owns them. And there's one man responsible for the Niners' demise this year, poor play, and it's Kyle Shanahan. He has no accountability. He's a smart guy, and I've defended him for so long for being a great play caller and a great head coach, and I was wrong because he's not a great head coach. He's a great play caller when he's on, but when you know things aren't perfect for him, they go downhill. They have looked not very good in a large majority of the games this year. Besides the first half of the Lions game and the second half, well, one and a half quarters of the Packers game. Besides that, they have not looked very good. And it's this stupid stuff that he does. Their kicker gets hurt in, in warm-ups, yet you're going to try to kick with the punter who's Australian and never kicked a day in his life. Cost yourself four points right there. Tries to be too smart. So they're going for it, you know, on fourth and five. Can't we kick a field goal with a guy who's never done it before. And have our holder, the fullback, who, you know, kind of screwed up the hold, which is not his fault because he didn't practice it. So stuff like that just drives me crazy. And of course, the quarterback, who is the softest player in the league, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, after the game, he said he's going to be out for weeks and end up being a day-to-day injury. But his mindset is, if I get hurt, I'm going to sit out. I'm not going to play. Meanwhile, you've got like George Kittle, who have broken bones in her body last year, and saying, yeah, I'm in. So, that, that, whose fault that is? Shanahan's fault. He picked Jimmy Garoppolo. Luckily, he has Trey Lance on the way, who might, you know, do something. I mean, he didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. I mean, stat line wasn't all that great, but the guys weren't getting open either. But it's just frustrating. Two and two. Once again, losing to the Seahawks. Tough matchup this week. Um, and you can't use the injury excuse anymore. If, if a Niner fan tells you that the reason why they're bad is because of their injuries, they're in denial. Because you can't expect guys who are always hurt suddenly get healthy. It is what it is at this point, though. Uh, this is not a Super Bowl team. This is not a playoff team. This is a team that's going to go probably 8-9 this year. New prediction. All right. That's not dramatic at all. Anyway, Casey, what do you think? <laughs> I think it was a very level-headed approach to everything. And... Uh... I don't know. You know, the, the, the Niners are not playing to the, the level that they're certainly capable of. Mm-hmm. And it has seemed like Shanahan hasn't really been in rhythm this year or dialing stuff up like he has in the past. Um, and why that is, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. 
Um, I'm sure some of it has to deal with the running back situation and just having the confidence of like the dudes that are in the building can run outside zone and, and run it well. Um, which is why, you know, if you draft Trey Sermon, uh, that early in a third round you would expect like okay we have confidence in that guy getting the ball instead of handing it to use check more times than we hand it to sermon um so i think some of that evaluation maybe is a little bit of a miss but overall i think the the 49ers still have the talent to be competitive and they still have the talent to be good and, and win the division and push teams uh it's all there it's, it just needs to sort of coalesce they need to find their identity this season i think there, there's that's not really come to fruition this year they're not the team that just runs it down your throat and then hits you with play action so who are they and and they need to figure that out and figure that out fast and maybe trey lance helps them do that yeah i mean you know we saw trey lance he looks raw which is not a surprise to anybody for sure you know he is but uh there's also no doubt that he adds a different dynamic to the team just being on the field so um and that's part of the reason why he's gotten a few snaps you know here and there um even before jimmy g got hurt a little bit but I don't think it's really time to press the panic button down in Santa Clara. I mean, this is a team went toe-to-toe with the Packers, who by all accounts, in my opinion, minus the week one, are one of the best teams in the league. Um, They've been playing solid. There are a few, you know, potential issues. And there are, I mean, you know, okay, listen, I get that you don't want to make excuses, but there are definitely injury concerns, especially at two positions one running back, and yes, okay, we can slot anybody in, blah, 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 but there's no doubt Raheem Mostert not playing is definitely uh, a hit to that to that group, to that position group. We saw him just dominate games single-handedly in the playoffs. So that's a, that's a pretty sizable loss, in my opinion, and part of the reason we may not be seeing things uh, the way that we did previously. And then the quarterback group is just bad. Like, we called this out as a, as a potential issue for this team pretty early on, and I think it's going to be the case, and it's going to be a common theme throughout the year. Yeah, a good pass rush makes up for a uh, makes up for a bad secondary, but not against a quarterback like Russell Wilson, not against a quarterback like Kyler Murray, who happen to both be in this division. So I I don't know. I'm not sure that you know the Niners are going to be the dominant force that that we might thought might have thought they would be. But I also think they're still capable of being a playoff team easily. Are they going to win the NFC West? At this point, probably unlikely. But are they still potential a, a potential wildcard team? I think absolutely. I would I would I would say so. Um, so, anyways, I know I know you're a little depressed, Durgan. It came across in your your speech there, but don't be. You guys will be fine. I think the Niners are still good, um, healthier right now than I think they were this time last year. So there's room for optimism. I think maybe it's a little bit of a wake up call for Niners fans who thought they'd kind of be the favorites and breeze through this season. Um, not saying that's you. I know you're one of the more pessimistic ones, but <laughs> you know, I think things will be okay in Santa Clara. So let's go to, uh, let's, let's transition to, uh, Casey's loser here. Well, it might be the first time in his life he's included in this list and it's Bill Belichick. And it oh. was his end of game decision to, to kick that field goal in the pouring rain when it's fourth and three quarterback, Mac Jones was, was dialing it up. Uh, had completed something like 12 or, or so passes in a row in that game, um, looked pretty polished, and the Bucks were on their fourth and fifth string defensive backs. And there's about a minute left. It's a 56-yarder at that point. Uh, it's raining. Your kicker is injured. And instead of going for it on fourth and three, which even if you make that that kick and, and win and beat the Bucks and beat Brady, or uh, 
go ahead, I should say. He still has 50 seconds and three timeouts. And we've mm-hmm. all seen that story probably many times. No person more than Bill Belichick himself. Uh, and uh, to, to think that that was the move to do, uh, it did, didn't even seem like a, an option for me. I was like, oh, they're going to go for it on fourth and three. Like, that's, that's like what it was a no do. brainer. Yeah, for, for sure. And, uh, you know, he kicked it. It was almost, almost went through to the, to their credit and hit the, hit the upright, but, uh, missed it and they, they lost. And you would, you have to think if that was Brady on his team still, they would have gone for it on fourth down. And if you were really trying to turn the page and say like, Hey, no, Mac Jones is our dude. We trust him to pick up three yards in a, in a big moment. Uh, you would have hoped that he, he would have allowed that guy to do it. Um, the, the situation certainly set itself up for that. And, uh, pretty surprised that Belichick didn't do it. And then they had some issues. The Patriots did and, and substitutions late. They had to take a timeout. Uh, some non-Patriot type things were, were going on. His, his son was fucking tweaking on Molly or some shit on the sideline, <laughs> licking his lips and grinning. And I saw that. Doing some wild things. So uh, Belichick needs to get his shit in order, I guess. And, and uh, uh, surprised by that decision at the end of the game. Yeah, I was surprised by, like you said, the last kind of calls. Um, I'm not saying he's lost his fastball, but I am saying he has lost his fastball. He, he, he is <clears throat> people who say, "Oh, Brady made him." That's wrong. I mean, coaches they have their peaks, just like players do. And Belichick is not confident in this team. I think he's not confident in Mac Jones yet. Uh, we'll see what happens. But this team is not that good. They're scrappy. They'll always be scrappy. Uh, but we'll see what happens with them. Um, best of luck to them this year. They they will need it the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add to this per se, but I will say this game was more interesting than I anticipated. Uh, you know, the whole narrative they built up with Brady returning home and all that, I thought it was kind of bullshit and that it was just going to be a blowout and the Bucks were going to really dominate, but it was closer than I thought and it was an interesting game at the, at the end. So um, definitely was worth a watch. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it kind of sh- shook out how we expected with Brady taking it home. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Belichick's done. Maybe he's just kind of disinterested in coaching like an average team and he's just, he's had his glory. He's just kind of ready to move on. I don't know. Maybe finally pass it over to, uh, uh, Josh, shit, what's his, Josh, Josh McDaniels, pass it over to him right when it shit hits the fan and everyone's, <laughs> you know, the team's not very good anymore. Josh McDaniels, here you go, bud, your turn. <laughs> and he passed up the Colts job and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's time Belichick might be uh, on his way to retirement, maybe. I think that's a little bit of a dramatic. Talk about hot takes. I don't think it's a hot take. It's coming. You think this one game is... It's not because of this one game. I'm saying in general, he just doesn't... Yeah, last year too. And just in general, like I mean, it might just be his face, honestly. But when you look at the guy on the sideline, he just doesn't really look excited to be there. So I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him excited. When he's sure. talking about special teams, maybe. That's but it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or winning a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, he's, yeah, he's done he, that. He gives us a, a, a small smile when he wins the Super Bowl, and then yeah. All right. Immediately well, start. Anyways, you can tell us about your loser. I will tell you about my loser. Before we do that, I forgot to mention, I'm sad nobody picked the Jets here as one of their winners. They finally won a game, and they beat the Titans. Anyways, that honorary winner goes to the Jets. Um, but anyways, my loser for the week. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think they are a prime example of regression to the mean. As you know, one of my favorite terms to discuss on this podcast 
specifically when it comes to Josh Allen. But I will say the Saints, in their unofficial home opener, it kind of it looked like they were going to win, and they really just choked and, and blew a, a pretty decent lead to the Giants of all teams. Um, so I, I don't know. This team, there's a lot of question marks. I'm not really sure about Sean Payton's two-quarterback system and whatever he's trying to do over there. I don't know that it's working out the way he thought it would. Um, you know, to give up a lead to to the Giants of all teams in seven minutes uh, of regulation – um, and then into overtime. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on the Saints at all. I think their strength was supposedly supposed to be this defense, but then that really let them down in this past game to a bad team, in my opinion. So, I mean, uh, Dan- Daniel Jones threw 400 yards on this defense. So, uh, in general, kind of average, in my opinion, after that first game where they dominated the Packers. Since then, they've been kind of just decent, in my opinion. So, I'm going to go with the Saints as a loser um, for their regression back to the mean. They are, you can't describe the Saints because they're like Jameis Winston. You never know what team's going to show up on a Sunday. You don't know what quarterback's going to show up on Sunday. They yeah, they should not lose to the Giants. I'm happy that the Giants win NFC East. They finally won a game. So, yay. Uh, that's great. But they're a bad team, the Saints are, and they're not going to get any better, I think. Uh, they'll be another team that wins you know, when you go 500, beat some teams they shouldn't beat, and lose to some teams they shouldn't lose. So we'll see what happens overall, but um, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, they're they're up and down. They kind of go as Jameis goes. Taysom Hill had a nice little game, it ran ran in two touchdowns, and and also had a terrible interception where he underthrew a guy that was open deep. Um, so got to figure out the quarterback position there. And and we've talked about it before. The the Saints are pretty talent heavy at the top, and once you lose those two dudes or or a couple guys. Uh, or if they don't show up on on any given day, you're you're going to struggle, especially with the depth, and and that's sort of what we're seeing. If if James can't distribute the ball, and and Alvin Kamara is getting like 30 carries for 120 yards or something like that, like usually he's the guy that's getting receptions out of the backfield mm-hmm. and getting his touches that way, and he's never touching the ball 30 times in a game. Uh, so just worry about those guys wearing down and and not having the the blue chip talent that's a little bit more spread out through the team. Um, so they're going to be inconsistent and, and go as Jameis in the quarterback position goes. Yeah, it's like that's more carries than like a Derrick Henry. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about our games of the week here for next week. First up, we have another interdivisional NFC West matchup here. We got the Rams versus the Seahawks. Derrick, what do you think? Rams were embarrassed last week by the Cardinals, and the Seahawks are coming off an emotional win. Um, and also the Seahawks... I mean, they beat the Niners, obviously, but they didn't play all that great. Uh, Seahawks' defense isn't very good, particularly in the secondary. Uh, so it's going to be a huge game for Stafford. Uh, I think the only chance that Seattle has in this game is if Wilson just goes off and does Russell Wilson things. I don't see that happening, so give me the Rams, 31-21. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams, too, 31-28. Uh, the Seahawks are just kind of hard to figure out. I mean, one week they look great and the offense is rolling and, and they're scoring a lot of points and moving the ball. And the next they lay an egg and they get out coached, uh, looking pretty bad in the second halves a lot of the time. And uh, like we've, we've mentioned before, this defense is not very good. Uh, but uh, for the Rams, this almost feels like a, especially, I mean, Cyrus mentioned the, the toughness of the NFC West. If you drop two division games in a row, it can be tough to climb out of that hole. So I think this is an important one for, for both teams, but the Rams especially to, to win this and make sure they don't get uh, get too far behind these teams. Um, and, and I think they're going to show up and, and play well. So uh, again, I got the Rams winning 31 to 28. 
Yep, we got the, the weekly spot trifecta here. I got mm. the Rams as well, 33-24. I don't see a recipe for Seattle winning this game the same way I did with, with the Niners. Um, there's just really not a, a specific weakness in my opinion. So um, I understand they just lost to the Cardinals, so I know that's, that's you know, obviously <laughs> there is something. But um, I think this is going to be a big bounce-back game for Stafford and, and the Rams and, and uh, Aaron Donald and they're going to really expose both this offensive line as well as um, this offensive line, the interior offensive line, as well as uh, the rest of this defense, which is not good. So um, going Rams, I think I'm still I'm not not concerned about them. I think they're still one of the best teams in the league, and I th- I'm going to say they win 33-24. Let's go to the next matchup here. This is the one I was questioning. I don't know why this one's I, – I, I, maybe oh. Casey can shed some light on this, but we got the Packers versus the Bengals. <laughs> Uh, to me, you know, anyway, I'll talk about it, but Durgan, go ahead. Well, it's, it's two, three and one teams and the spread in Vegas is three points by Packers, three points favorite. So it's, it's, it's a bit, it's time to give the Bengals some respect. You know, as a guy who has never said one good word, I think in my lifetime about the Bengals, I think it's time for us to give them you know their props. Their offense is legit. It's very good. I think it's a bad matchup for the Packers defense, which is going to be without Jair Alexander. Um, and so Joe Burrow's going to air the ball out. Got plenty of receivers to throw to. Joe Mixon is questionable. He might not play. But Samaje P. Ryan, I think, is a capable backup. Uh, and they'll feed him the ball, at least to keep the, the, the offense uh, for the Bengals balanced. Uh, but they're not going to win this game. Uh, Rodgers is going to Roger and will exploit the Bengals defense, which still isn't all that great. But it'll be close. So Packers 28 27. Yeah, I have the Packers went in as well in a in a relatively close one. Like the the Bengals are not the Bungles anymore. Yes. Like they're 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 solid. Um, I think they've been playing above their talent level this year overall a little bit. Uh, but they're quietly sitting at the top of their division at, at three and one, and they're they're certainly capable of scoring points and and playing playing um, the Packers tight. I just don't see a, a formula for them to generate enough consistent pressure on Aaron Rodgers, even with their banged up offensive line. Like the, the offensive line for the Packers has been playing really well, especially in pass protection, a little shakier in, in run run game and run blocking. But uh, if you give Rodgers time in the pocket, he's, he's going to find ways to pick you apart. Um, Randall Cobb had a little bit of a resurgence last week. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. And uh, I, I would imagine the Packers are going to, lean on the passing game if they have to and and get things going there so uh if you can't pressure rogers and you can't get to the quarterback i I think you're going to struggle especially against the packers so i have the packers winning 30 to 26 another trifecta here i also have the packers but the way in which they win i think will be different than what both of you have predicted i in my opinion yes the Bengals are playing well and yes they're three and one but in my opinion the packers are still in a different league than the Bengals. As long as they can avoid whatever caused that colossal collapse in week one against the Saints, I think this is a much better team, um, and I really don't think the Bengals stand much of a chance. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to dice up that uh, defense like Swiss cheese. That's not, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. But (laughs) I think the Packers come out and uh, cannot keep pace with the Bengals. Yes, Jair Alexander is obviously crucial to this defense, but I don't think they're going to be able to outscore this Packers offense, and I don't see who's going to be able to stop Devontae Adams. I think he has a, I think he has a day. So I'm going to go Packers 37, uh, Bengals 24 in this matchup. Let's go on to the next one. I think this this might be my most anticipated matchup for the week. This or or one of the other ones. One of the actually the next few that we're going to talk about are all really good. But Browns versus Chargers. This will be a good one. 
Yes, give me my Chargers. 38-28, uh, I think a little bit of an upset. Uh, the Browns' defense looks a lot better than the offense right now, but Justin Herbert is that guy. Um, nobody wanted to believe me, but Baker Mayfield, once again, looks worse with OBJ on the field. You can watch your videos, look up your, your own fake stats, but stats I look at, completion percentage, 53% the last two weeks with OBJ compared to 81% first two weeks, and try debating that. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I'll just know... You know, reasoning for it because OBJ is the best offensive you know, pass catcher, uh, but you know, it is what it is. So I think Baker Mayfield continues to struggle uh, with that Chargers defense, which looks pretty good, and the Chargers offense will score just enough uh, to beat the Browns. And I think the Browns kind of shoot themselves in the foot here at the end. So give me the Chargers in a close one. I think the the Browns are really hurting without. Um... Jarvis Landry and that's sort of Baker's comfort blanket and OBJ is you know a little bit of a different speed now coming back from ACL and and there's always been a little bit of a disconnect between Baker and OBJ and now that you know Landry is out and and OBJ is the guy outside uh, for them that they're you're you're seeing a little bit of that disconnect uh, again especially in the in the Vikings games there were a couple opportunities for for Baker to put that game out uh, out of reach for the Vikings and, and hit OBJ deep and he just missed, like his accuracy wasn't very good. Um, and it seems like Baker gets on these streaks where he's either hitting everything and he can't miss or he can't hit. Um, so it, it all sort of depends on on what mode he's in. But this should be a fantastic game. Both defenses are playing really well. Yep. Um, the Browns' defense especially has stepped up in recent weeks. Uh, so it, uh, I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game based on that. Um Herbert hasn't been putting up those duds that that Baker necessarily has, so um, I trust him and and what they're doing on offense for the Chargers to to get things done um, and, and score enough to to beat the the Browns who who look one dimensional when Baker can't hit anything. I mean Chubb is playing fantastic, Hunt is playing fantastic, but you got to have some stuff and accountability in the pass game to to beat the good team. So I have the Chargers winning 23 to 17. I'm staying on the Browns train. I've been on the Browns train. I'm riding it till the wheels fall off. But I will say I do think this is also going to be a pretty close uh, matchup between these two teams. And I think it will be like you said, Casey, this will be sort of a defensive matchup. People may not see it, but the Chargers are are a pretty good defensive team. The Browns, on the other hand, I think are one of the best defensive teams in the league. And Miles Garrett might be pushing to, to make his case as like, the best defensive player in the league potentially i mean aaron donald i think has has cemented that spot pretty solidly but miles garrett is pretty damn good i saw a twitter uh video somebody posted just just his like first step and uh and the way he's able to kind of lose the the lineman in front of him directly blocking him is absurd like no human that size should move the way miles garrett moves so um, anyway, not to get too far on a tangent about Miles Garrett, but I, I like the Browns a lot. I've always liked the Browns a lot. You know, Baker definitely a little bit inconsistent, but um, there's other ways I think they can beat you. And uh, I think this defense will be an issue for Herbert potentially. So uh, I'm going to go Browns 24 to 21 in what I think will be one of the most fun matchups of the week. So excited for this one for sure. This next one will also be a pretty good one with maybe a little bit more implications when it comes to to. Uh, divisional standings and and just i don't know one team maybe putting another team out of its misery durgan what do you think here all right can't believe i'm saying this but give me the niners 24 21 the trap game for the cardinals uh it's tough to explain gut feeling i had the same feeling about the cardinals week one to beat the titans and last week to beat the rams 
But something about the Cardinals, they're playing the Browns next week. They just beat the Rams. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be a tough one for them. You know, kind of focus in, looking ahead. Josh Norman back this week. That helps the secondary. Kyler Murray has been playing like a star, but I think he's due for a bad game. Uh, Cardinals are the seventh worst team against the run. And the Niners are, I think, play Trey Lance. That's about the run game. Him, Trey Sermon, uh, Legend Mitchell will be back. It's going to be a run fiesta, low-scoring game, kind of scrappy. Niners pulling out the very end. I'm on the other side of it. I don't think Trey Lance is ready to go shot for shot with Kyler Murray at this point. From Based on what we've seen, he's he's been inconsistent like we, we expected. Uh, and the Arizona defense, they have dudes. And, and Vance Joseph has that defense playing relatively well. Um the, the, the Niners need it in, in a bad way, though. They've dropped two in a row now, and they're they're falling behind the rest of the division, especially if they drop this one. Uh, that'd be a tough ask and a tough hole to, to dig out of. So they, they need it, but I just don't – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think Trey Lance is ready to, to, to put the team on his back and, and make sure they win. Uh, it's a big ask for him in his first real start in the NFL to – to go beat the Cardinals, who can score a lot of points at this at this rate, and uh, got the Cardinals winning thirty-one to twenty. Yeah, I got the Cardinals too. Pretty much for the same reason. I think Trey Lance isn't ready, but I do think he comes out and plays like decent. I think we'll see some things from him that'll inspire some people for sure. I don't think it'll be enough to win the game, though. I think they'll keep it close, and unfortunately, the Niners will be in for another pretty close divisional loss here. It was similar to last week with the Seahawks, but um, I don't think this team at the moment with a rookie quarterback at the helm can compete with who, by all accounts, is the MVP favorite um, at the moment, like you mentioned, Casey. So I also got to go with the Cardinals just for that reason. They're really they're kind of rolling right now, whereas the Niners have some unanswered questions that they need to figure out. Um, so let's go Cardinals 33-27, to 27, and uh, we can go on to our next game here. Another fun one, Bills versus the Chiefs. Two young, great quarterbacks playing each other, um, which will be an interesting matchup for sure. Durgan, let's pass it to you. What do you think happens in this one? It's got to be the Bills. Got to be the Bills. It's going to be a high-scoring game, uh, but yeah, another close one. Uh, it's going to be 35-31. Uh, the Chiefs have the number one scoring offense in the league, but the 32nd scoring defense in the league. So they haven't stopped anybody yet. Uh, even the Eagles you know, had a big day offensively against them, and they made that game pretty close. Um, since that rough week one for the Bills, they lost to the Steelers, who look absolutely terrible now. They have outscored their last three opponents 118-21. Defense is playing a lot better. Uh, Josh Allen looked kind of shaky the first two weeks. He looks to be a lot better. Back to his MVP uh Type ways, the Chiefs. You know, they're never out of a game, except for the Super Bowl last year. But mo- most games are never out of because <laughs> they're always going to score points. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think they'll test them deep. The Bills. The Bills. I think will try to keep everything in front of them. But Tyree Kill, Michael Hardman are too fast. But give me the guy who has a ball at the end last, which will be Josh Allen. Big win for the Bills this week. Yeah, I think the Bills are are also looking like a more complete team than the Chiefs are right now, and they're they're just playing better football on both sides of the ball. Um, the Chiefs like to get a little complicated on on defense and, and move guys around, and, and they've gotten beat a couple times with tempo. Um, the the Chiefs have, so uh, you know I, I would expect, especially with the the way the Bills have shown their the capability to to sort of work their tempo and and stay in a passing game and move the ball down the field quickly. I would expect them to do that to make the Chiefs be a little bit more vanilla on defense and and give easier reads to Josh Allen, but. 
Uh, the Bills just look more balanced this year. They're, they're able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. The defense is playing better. So I have the Bills winning 30-27. to 27. I'm going to go the opposite of both of you here on this one, and I'm going to say the Chiefs. The Bills may be more complete, but the Chiefs just happen to have somebody named Patrick Mahomes. And yes, he has made a little bit more mistakes than you might like to see this season compared to last and other seasons. But uh, comparatively, he is beating Josh Allen in every stat that matters, um, both this season and career. I have learned not to bet against Patrick Mahomes, so I will not bet against Patrick Mahomes here in this matchup. I also have just never really picked the Bills like much. Like I get, <laughs> you guys know that I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Josh Allen, but I do think that this game will come down to the Chiefs either winning or the Chiefs beating themselves. If Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes out and fumbles the ball like he has been doing, which is not good, then it's going to be tough. You can't. I don't think that you can afford to turn the ball over against the Bills or a team uh, of this caliber. But if they don't, I'm not betting against the Chiefs at all. I think they'll they'll be uh, stride for stride with the Bills and um, not going to bet against the best quarterback in the league. So let's go Chiefs 33-24. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for our games of the week. Before we head out, want to give the co-hosts a chance to plug some content you should keep your eye out for on our website or YouTube. Casey, what do you got coming up? Yeah, just released a video on the Chargers offense. Uh, how Joe Lombardi is, is scheming things up, the, his use of formations, tempo. Uh, he ties things together really well with the play action and run game. Um, and it all sort of bases out of these tighter, condensed formations. So uh, go check that out on YouTube, or you can read the article at weeklyspiral.com. Nice. Looking forward to that. Durgan, what about you, man? The Marvin Liao Scouting Report, Texas A&M. That just came out. Make sure to check that one out, please. Awesome. Looking forward to that as well. This has been a Weekly Spiral production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we'll catch you next week for episode 112.